Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Mark Willis, a certified financial planner that wants to educate you on the best way to plan for your financial future. His methods will teach you how to make safe and steady investments that will generate wealth so that you can live the life of your financial dreams. After graduating college with over six figures of student loan debt, Mark embarked on a mission to change the way the game is played. Today, Mark uh, works daily on educating others on how to think differently about your money, your economy, and your future. Mark is also a three-time number one best-selling author and founder of the Lake Growth uh, Financial Services. So on this episode, we talk with Mark to learn how you can retire in style with Mark's methods to financial freedom. So this is going to be a great episode today. I love talking CFP stuff. Right. Because I find that you guys are really, you know, like you really have a good handle on not only on what makes money, but how to grow it and how to keep more of it. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be on. So can you please give us a little bit of a background about your, you know, basically how you got to where you are today? You know, what's interesting is I was sort of in a similar boat. You know, I'm still paying off student loan debt. Right. And also, you know, like, uh, you know, trying to, you know, as you're growing a business, I've been, you know, I've been on my own now for about uh, for about 15 years. And what's interesting is that, you know, when you don't have that dedicated, you know, money that automatically appears in your bank account every two weeks, you know, you have to start thinking about your money and planning for it a lot differently. Uh, How did you dive into this and how did you become so awesome? (laughs) <laughs> well, you've asked that question before. I think other people certainly earned that title. I'm not sure I have yet. I just don't want to be average. Uh, awesome. I'll, I'll reach for it, but I just didn't want to be average. I knew that average meant being in debt up to my eyeballs and to running, just simply running on that treadmill for the rest of my life. I knew that I was going to lose the, the best years of my financial life, in my late 20s at the time, throwing money toward my past, i.e. paying off debts. And I hear it today, too, as I meet with folks all over the country, over Zoom, over the phone. I hear them say, Mark, should I pay off my debt or should I save for my future? It's an either or proposition for them, which is a false choice, uh, as it comes as, as I came to find out. But I knew that the dollars in my pocket today were the most valuable dollars I'd ever have. Why? Because the dollars you have in your pocket right now have the potential to compound over the rest of your life. And you have more time now than you'll ever have again, right? Uh, so having those quandaries, those problems was really unsettling for me. And I knew that every dollar I'd throw toward Sally Mae and her cronies with the student loan 
sharks. Uh, I knew I'd never see that money again. And also gone was whatever that money would have grown to. So yes, we had six figures of student loan debt. It was about 120 grand. But how much would that have grown to over our lifetimes? If we could find a way to turn our debt into real wealth, what would that look like? How would that change my financial future? How would that feel? You know, in my body, in my marriage, uh, it became sort of a semi-obsession for me to figure out what's the right way to pay off all this debt. And as it happens, uh, we stumbled across some strategies for myself that were so good I couldn't keep it a secret. So I ended up getting my certified financial planner designation, worked several years uh, for a CPA at the time in the midst of the Great Recession, by the way. So I was overhearing her making those phone calls of markets crashing. I'm sorry, Mr. Client, but I can't help you retire. You just lost half your life savings. I never wanted to make that call that I was hearing the CPA make. Uh, So I knew I needed both a way for me to get out of debt. And if I was going to do this money thing for clients, I never wanted to make that call. I only wanted to give good news. So these were kind of the two balancing concerns or desires I had for myself. Uh, And we ended up starting our financial firm, Lake Growth Financial Services out of Chicago. We work all around the country helping folks not only build real wealth that's uh, got predictable guarantees built in, but helping them become their own source of financing and become their own banker at the same time. It's interesting that you say that. And we alluded to this a little bit in the, uh, in the pre-call being your own bank, right? So right now I'm thinking to myself, like, are you talking bank of America be my own bank? Are you talking, uh, you know, just having a large enough nest egg for me to be able to finance other parts of my financial growth? What does being your own bank mean to you? Well, You can be your own chef, right? No one can deny that. You can go make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Why should banking be any different? Now, thank goodness I can do a little better than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the kitchen. Not much better. But, uh, you know, if, if you know the skills of what banks are doing to you, it can be done through you as well. Okay. So banking is a verb, uh, that's existed for thousands of years. Banks have existed as long as banking has. And there's a book out there by David Graeber. It's called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. Jeff, the first 5,000 years. Now, that means banks have been around as long as human civilization is recorded and probably longer. So I estimate that banking is just as, it's as fundamental to the human existence project as like sharing or, or friendship is, Okay. So my question is, how do I take back control of the banking function in my life, your life, so that I can control the outcomes of my financial future? Whoever is sitting behind your banker's desk will determine your financial future. I believe that has more to do with the success or failure of your financial life than how well your mutual funds are doing right now or how much debt you even carry. All right. Whoever is controlling the banking function has all the purse strings. They have the the control levers. They get to tell you what the interest rate's going to be, what your money is going to earn in savings, okay? Um, what your monthly payment must be. The bank, it's almost like um, I've got a couple fish here. My, my daughter and I try to keep them alive. I know you have two daughters, I think, right? My little girl is trying her best to keep these little fish alive. And it's all about the environment in which, in which those fish are living, the, the food you feed them, the temperature of the water, banking is the environment in which all of your financial life lives. It's the water. So if we can control the banking function in our life, 
And I don't just mean this at a, like a woo-woo, you know, esoteric, mental, rah-rah kind of conversation. I'm saying let's bring it down to literal, practical, tangible financial products and strategies and solutions that have worked for a thousand plus of our clients across the country. We're helping folks pay off debts. We're helping folks invest in real estate. We're helping folks uh, invest for their kids' college uh, and pay for their kids' college and become the the Sally Mae that I hated so much. Now parents and, and kids are actually becoming their own student loan company for themselves. Now, how cool is that where you can actually turn your, your the problem of debt into an asset for your family and for multiple generations to come. That changes. It's almost like financial jujitsu, Jeff. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Like I turn the problem of my student loan debt into an asset for my future. And I bought back all my debts from my student loan companies. And now I paid myself off. Now I've paid myself the, the debts all the way off now, but I, I became my own banker. I banked on myself and paid off all those student loans got rid of those sharks and I became the banker. I paid myself that monthly payment and it became an asset toward my financial future. So that's a, it's a little bit about the concept. So let's zoom out a little bit here. One of the things that is sorely lacking, at least in this country is financial literacy education, right? My kids didn't get it. You know, the, the most financial literacy they got, it came from me. Right. And good for you for teaching them. Yeah. So it's like, but I'm teaching them, you know, like the things that I know about, right. There are other parts. Now we start getting into options and derivatives and things like that. I'm like, mm, don't come to me about that. Right. But you know, for the most part, you know, like my daughter, she's 18, you know, she's a freshman in uh, college and she got her first credit card. Right. So now, you know, we got to have the talk, right. So what does the talk entail? You know, like, listen, don't, you know, use it as a crutch, Right. In order to build credit, you need to use credit. So you need to buy something, you know, relatively substantial, but don't just pay it off at the end of the month because paying it off at the end of the month doesn't build anything, right? Then they just know that they know that if you took 200 and you paid it off at the end of the month, that's not credit. What you're supposed to do is, you know, buy something for 200, pay it off over four months so that you can establish a pattern of how you are, uh, of how you're doing it. But don't buy things that don't have any tangible value. Don't use your credit card you know, to pay for food, for example, right? Because you won't use that, you know, you won't be able to see it a month, you know, six months or a year down the line. I think one of the interesting things that you alluded to, especially when it comes to financial debt is, you know, like people are making those payments. Let's just take a ballpark of like $500 a month, you know, to make those payments. And as soon as you're done paying off that $500 a month, you know, to Sally Mae, to the, uh, you know, to the student loan, uh, banker, right? Well, now you have this extra $500 a month that, you know, that you should be doing something with. What's the next step? How do you decide what's the next best application for that money to go towards? The problem in that is now I'm three or four years older or seven years older. And the the 500 bucks a month isn't going to grow as much as if I had been seven years younger. So how can we do two things at once? How can we walk and chew gum at the same time? How can we prepare for our future the typical traditional answer would be to go invest that in the stock market, right? Uh, well, I am not your average certified financial planner, so I'm going to take us down a different, slightly different path. Where is it written that we have to choose between paying off our debts or saving? Why can't we do both at the same time with the same money? And that's how banks do it. I want us to really think about how, what do banks do with the money that I'd save? Like, let's say, Jeff, you walk in. Uh, yeah, go for it. 
Go for it. No. So what I'm thinking about, you know, so you're saying do two things at the same time, right? So that's great in a world of of infinite resources, but most people have a certain amount of budget, you know, that they get from their job or, you know, however, you know, they have a certain amount that they can spend every month. So how can you make, you know, two payments using the same, uh, using the same money to, you know, one to grow and one to pay off the past? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get really practical on this uh, because you bring up a great point. You know, no one's made of money except the federal reserve. Uh, So, and uh, so how did I do it? I'll just use my story. So I had a $120,000 of a massive problem around my neck and there was a monthly payment that I couldn't avoid unless they wanted to come like, you know, my degrees or something, I guess. And this could have been a car loan. It could have been a mortgage. It could have been any kind of debt, but I had this big problem. So I had to keep my, uh, my monthly minimum payments to Sally Mae and all the, all her cronies, keeping them happy, keeping the sharks fed every month. The old me would have thrown extra money at my debt. Anything extra would have gone toward my debt called the snowball method. The debt snowball method is very famous around, you know, money nerds like me love talking about stuff like the debt snowball method. Instead, what I did was I, and I've now coined this phrase, the debt snow bank method. Okay. Like a snow bank, right? I'm packing money into my bank. Now it's not literally an FDIC insured bank, but what is it? Well, it come come to find out in my studies as a CFP that modernized form of whole life insurance of all things acts like a bank. Now, this is not like the Dave Ramsey kind of whole life that he loves to hate on. This is minimizing the insurance part of the policy, the life insurance policy, and maximizing the equity or what's called cash value. So this big bucket of money called cash value begins to grow in my hands. It's my asset. I have access to that money. I can use it for anything I want. It's accessible cash. Unlike a 401k or an IRA where I have to wait until I'm 60 years old to get the money out, I'm building my own line of credit for myself. And it is a line of credit. It's a cash value policy and I can borrow against that policy and use it for anything I want. Buy a car, go on vacation, or in my case, pay off all those student loans. Now, Instead of throwing my extra money toward my debts, I'm now throwing it into an asset that's increasing in value. Now, the the cash value in the policy grows outside of the stock market, Jeff. It's not tied to the stock market or real estate markets. I just got off the phone with a couple this morning. Um, They've got several hundred thousand dollars in their policy, and it's only gone up over the last three years, and including this year with the markets being down. I just heard that the Dow has had its longest losing streak since 1923. Eight years in a row, or eight weeks in a row, excuse me. So the policy is growing on a predictable schedule for me as I'm trying to pay off my student loans. And I'm still keeping them fed, right? I'm still throwing my monthly minimums at them, but I'm throwing everything I can. Everything I'm not spending on groceries is going into my policy comfortably, of course. And as I built up that asset, I then borrow against my policy. I'm banking on myself and I'm then throwing it to kill my debts one at a time. The neat thing about this, and back to your two things at once, as I borrow against the policy, my money and my policy is continuing to grow as if I had never touched the money, as if there was no loan. It's a it's a it's collateralized money. It's just like a house loan. Any mortgage works the same way. Your house grows whether you have a mortgage or not based on Zillow, right? The only difference is these policies grow guaranteed. Houses don't, right? So I borrowed against my policy. I'm wiping out my debts. 
my policy is still growing toward my retirement or whatever as if I had never taken the money out. This to me is like letting my money do two things at once. It allowed me not to have to choose between paying off my debts and saving for my future. And it's using the same money I would have been throwing toward my debt anyway. So even with finite resources, one can become their own banker and fire their banker uh, for good. Okay, so let's just take a minute to digest this, right? What you're talking about is putting your money into an asset that will continually grow with a guaranteed rate of return, as opposed to something that, well, if the stock market does okay, then great. Or if Bitcoin goes up, then great. Or if your your house appreciates, then great, right? And you may not be receiving the, you know, like the, you know, the highs and the lows of that by putting it into a cash-based long-term insurance policy, you're actually creating a more steady form of saving your money as opposed to just sticking it in a savings account or in a money marketing money marketing account, which just gives you like a 1% return, which is almost negligible, right? So that's, that's correct. Mm-hmm. So by putting it into this vehicle, right? And then when you borrow against it, right? So what you're saying is that the, the capital that's already in there is going to keep on appreciating no matter what, right? Because that's the value of the entire portfolio with, uh, within that insurance policy, not just the part that's, uh, that remained in there after you borrowed against it. Is that correct? So far, so good. Yeah. Just to give folks quick numbers, I know folks probably are driving, so I won't throw too many numbers at us today, but let's say you had a hundred thousand bucks in cash value in one of these policies and it's growing at a predictable rate. Now, you know, that's a nice middle single digit return. It's never going to wow us, but I'll sure take middle single digits, four, five, 6% uh, against what my stock portfolio is doing this year. Right. Uh, so it's doing the boring, better than savings accounts, better than money market accounts, but it's doing that regular predictable growth. hundred grand is what's in there. Let's say I borrowed out $30,000 to buy a car. My policy that year will still give me growth on all of the $100,000 as if I had not touched that money, even though I'm driving my car around town. And then, and this is kind of cool, I get to decide my own repayment schedule to the policy that I own. So I could choose a hundred bucks a month, I could choose a thousand bucks a month. I could choose nothing. Maybe I don't want to pay that loan off. Maybe I don't want to pay it off for three or four or five years. My call. If I die and I never pay off that loan, guess what? It just gets deducted from the death benefit when I pass away. So it's important to pay off loans, but you know, it's just sort of your own personal, you know, uh, uh, access to money in a line of credit you have access to. I would say that this particular vehicle for saving your money is um, not something that is taught far and wide, right? It is not something where people are, you know, generally know about it. It's definitely not like, um, you know, I've worked for a number of, uh, for a number of corporations and we've had CFPs come in and out and always trying to, you know, they put you into these company plans. No one has ever explained it that way, right? Mm-hmm. And to be able to actually take that and then have that kind of control over your money is something that I don't think a lot of people realize that they do actually have accessible, that they have it, you know, in the palm of their hands. And it's really not that hard to open up an account like this. Is that correct? That's right. I mean, it's incredible what it does to the human psyche. Like imagine how it would feel if you had six or even seven figures of liquid predictable 
And if we designed it correctly, tax-free money that you can access for any reason. And if you knew the outcome of your financial life before you even got started, like if I knew when I was 21 or 25 or whenever I start my first policy, I'm going to have X dollars of guaranteed money when I'm at 65 or 75, what kind of a life would I have? I mean, imagine too, Jeff, like how many how many businesses would be saved if we had liquid lines of money that you could draw on? I've, I've helped businesses humbly. They did the work. I just was there to give them the advice, but they did the job of saving and they saved themselves from bankruptcy because they had lines of credit in their policies. And it, it's the difference, you know, as you know, as a business owner, access to cash is what's, it's like oxygen for us business owners. If you don't have access to cash, you, you're up the creek. So by having these buckets of money, contingency capital can really be the difference between life and death for the business. Amazing. You know, just thinking about, you know, some of the possibilities of how people can set these up, I think is, I think can really be transformative for a lot of individuals and a lot of businesses as well. So, you know, I think that's a really great idea. It's an amazing one big tip. And, it's, you know, it's something that people can really apply today. And, you know, by moving the money around into these, you know, into these different vehicles, you are actually providing a safe haven for your money that goes against the inflationary pressures that we're experiencing, you know, this year. And, you know, it's it creates an environment where, yeah, you can access it on your terms, not having to go hat in hand and ask a bank in order to give you something based on your credit score. So don't have to go hat in hand. You don't have to kiss that banker's ring. I love it, man. That's not a good fit for everybody. You know, I always want to emphasize that you want to really sit down and look at it with a bank on yourself professional. If it's me, that's great. If not me, look for a bank on yourself professional because there are a lot of there's a lot of insurance agents out there, as you know, and they can be designed poorly as well. So look for a bank on yourself professional. You'll get the right guy or gal to help you out. Amazing. Mark, thank you so much for sharing that. Can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your business and how they can reach out to you directly? Sure. Yeah, we've got a special page set up. It's called uh, kickstartwithmark.com. It's kickstartwithmark with a k.com. If you want to build real wealth outside of Wall Street or if you're tired of, you know, kissing the ring of the banker, going hat in hand to the bank, uh, go to kickstartwithmark.com. I'd be happy to set up a quick 15-minute call, answer your questions. Amazing, amazing stuff. Mark, thank you for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love, uh, you know, learning about these new vehicles for, you know, for helping people, you know, really increase their wealth. And that's, that's pretty much what we've done today. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? 
The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.